And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance, and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. Pastor Lafoy introduced me some years ago to Bishop Daguerre Mills, to which I also want to pay honor today, and it is through my connection there that I had a little different perspective of what ministry is about. And if you allow me today, as I believe I'm a son of the Assemblies of God, I want to share that with you, my heart for the church and for the work of the Lord. Amen. And I want to entitle my message, what about the Lord's work? What about the Lord's work? And we are going to read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. But before I, if, while you turn your Bibles there, and the scripture is on the screen. I've been moved lately a lot by the Lord to, to focus on youth and young people and youthfulness. And I believe and I want to maybe leave this message with this church that you need to pray about this that youthfulness and young people they are the key to the work of the Lord Amen I think we've been under a misconception that you need to be of a certain age before you can be active in the church and when Pastor Libba said now the brother said he's 62 and he's feeling tired. It, 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 is, it, is, it, is, it is not a strange statement because your body gets older. Do you know that if you study the tabernacle as, as, as Pastor said, also look at uh, Numbers chapter 8 verse 23, 24, 25. It says, you will do the service of the Lord from the age of 25 up to 50. Then you will stop working in the service of the Lord. You will take on a support position in the ministry. From 25 to 50. Everybody say with me, 25 to 50. You must be active in the service of the Lord because it's your best years. It's in the Bible, the tabernacle that you study, the brazen labor, the altar, the, the, the inner court, yeah. then the Holy of Holies. But those men that used to move their tabernacle around in the wilderness, they had to stop carrying those things at the age of 50. Right? We are disqualifying ourselves now from the ministry. But we take on another role, and that's the support of Rome. Why am I saying that? It's because the great mistake we have made and I have made, and the Lord has helped me to turn that around, 
is to focus on the youth and youthfulness. Now it doesn't mean that you are 80 that you are not youthful. You must have a young heart. Amen. And you must adapt and change so that we can get our young people working for the Lord. We have children from the age of 12, 11, 12, 13 that we grind with this mentality that your whole life belongs to God. Amen. And you are not here first to look at what great degree you're going to get in the world and what you're going to do in the secular world. No, the question is, what work will you do for the Lord? You see, so as we are inculcating and putting into their minds that they are workers for the Lord, we have so many helps in the church today. The pastor should not be sitting and doing this uh, digital work because I... I'm born before technology. I don't even know how to change WhatsApps and, and transfer pictures. But the children, they are doing it in a very powerful way. Now, the world's wisdom says they just go for young people. If you go to look for a job, the first thing they're going to ask you is how old you are. Then the world gives a responsibility to young people like you'll never believe. Do you know in, in warfare, in the Iraq war, in the Ukraine war, those military jets, if you Google it, all of you will love Google. You see they cost anything from 94 million US dollar to 450 million US dollar. I'm not even talking about South African rand. If you know anything about the cost of exchange, but brother, the, the boys who fly those jets are from the ages of 20 to 30. Over 30, you're not allowed to sit in that machine. You carry 450, you fly around with the US military power, 450 million. You are given the responsibility to fly that machine with huge bombs that can destroy lives. And if the world gives a responsibility to such young men, why is it that we in the church think that the young people can't really work for God or can't do much for the Lord and we think that we must be 62, 72, 82 to do the work of the Lord? This is something that God has really laid on my heart and I want to share it with all of you that youthfulness is the key to ministry. And today I'm here to challenge the young people to stand up and say, here am I, Lord. I'm going to start working for you. Amen. 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 And I believe that God is going to speak to us in a beautiful way this morning. If you have your Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge verse 6 please and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity now verse 8 the main verse for if these things be in you and abound they shall make that you neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall neither be barren, nor shall you be unfruitful 
in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan has succeeded to put the church to sleep in the sense that we are not fruitful. And the opposite of fruitfulness is barrenness. This is often seen in the Bible when ladies had to give birth. The Bible says the Lord closed the womb and that word is often used, barrenness. They cannot bring forth. Now bringing forth is not the pastor's work only. Can I have an amen? It is the work of every believer to be fruitful. Amen? Or do you believe the scriptures are written to the pastor only? This scripture is written to every Christian. If these things abound in you, you shall not be barren, but you shall be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. I was a school teacher, so I make you repeat things so that you never forget it. Amen. The Lord wants us to be fruitful. How old was Jesus when he started doing the work of the ministry? Do you know? No. 30. He was questioning people in the temple at 12, you are right, but he was 30 years old when he started the work of the ministry to the age of 33. And if you know how it works in Jewish culture, your rabbi, your, you are never older than your rabbi. That means that the people Jesus chose to work with him was most probably his age or younger. Does that make sense to you? So Peter, these guys, James, John, they were probably in their 20s. That, that, does that also make sense to you? And the historian Josephus writes that John the Beloved, the young boy, was a teenager. But remember they were called apostles and disciples at that age. What have we done in the church? We have kind of relegated them to the back seats. Not this church, I'm just saying how the Lord spoke to me. And now I had to make the transition from this mindset that maybe Peter was a 60-year-old Sasa pensioner. No, he wasn't. He was in his 20s and yet he was called an apostle to do the work of the ministry. John was the one lying on the chest of Christ. So, this beautiful church is going to have an adaptation, I believe, and involve young people in the ministry. Say amen. amen. I'm prophesying over you. Hallelujah. Amen. And then we won't have barren youthful people, but we will have people that can bring forth fruit. What is the fruit we're talking about? My wife said it so wonderfully. Jesus came to die for our sins. Our duty as believers is not to keep it to ourselves. But to tell everybody the wonderful news, the gospel, that Jesus Christ came to die for you and you don't have to perish in hell. But by receiving him, you can have eternal life. Hallelujah. And as you come to him, you then in turn also become a carrier of this good news. Glory to God. We are excited because our eyes see something great ahead. We have another world in view. But the church has, has a kind of backslidden, and I talk about the church universally, we backslidden into the sense of a good life for all, good financial stability, children going overseas and making life work there, 
and we really we, we lost the passion then our fathers like Pastor Lafoy they had to come out into an area and put up a tent and preach Jesus to the people hallelujah or oh, our fathers that were co-workers in the ministry that went along inviting poor people in the streets to come to the services may we return to those days hallelujah may we, we not forget the that scripture says later, you have forgotten, you've become blind, you've become short-sighted. But this morning the Lord is opening the eyes of all our blindness so that we can once again say, here am I, Lord, I want to do something for you. The question really you should ask yourself today, what are you doing for God? What are you doing for the Lord? I want to transform you from an attendee to a worker for the Lord. Say another amen. amen. Hallelujah. But there will be many obstacles to your fruit bearing. And I just want to focus on a few until time ends and then I also end. Amen. You must overcome the things that make you just an attendee. And the first thing is spiritual sickness. You must overcome spiritual sickness so that you can bear fruit. Hallelujah. I recently watched a little uh, the, uh, video clip of how a child is born. Today with the graphics, they can show you reproduction. How everything works from the beginning, how the baby is developed in the womb, and it's beautiful. But we know that there are many people that have difficulty bringing forth children. And the reason why people can't bear fruit is also sicknesses. Difficulty to, to bring forth is sometimes the destruction of the womb, sometimes infertility in the fallopian tubes. And all these are health reasons which prevent childbirth. Spiritually speaking, we also have sicknesses that prevent us from bringing forth. And these sicknesses are diseases in the Christian life. Hallelujah. Though we are born again, we are spiritually sick. And one of the sicknesses we have is laziness. Say amen, please, if you believe what I'm saying. Amen. One of the prime Christian sicknesses that prevents Christians from bringing forth laziness. Some people are too lazy to work for the Lord. Amen. At our church on a Saturday, we have a prayer meeting in the morning, 7 to about 9 or post 9. And all the young people come. Then they leave the evening at about 8 o'clock. Saturday. I'm not talking about Sunday. That's Saturday. We are not a seven-day Adventist. We are Assemblies of God Saturday. Then Sunday we come. Some arrive at seven for preparation. And you won't believe when I say this to you, but please believe me. I don't lie in the church, not in the church. <laughs> we leave the evening at 11 o'clock. We were not like that. We were never like that. We made a transition. And I believe the Holy Spirit brought a revival. 
so that we can say like Psalm 27 I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his tabernacle Today what has happened in our church with spiritual sickness if we preach little longer than the one and a half hours you are used to we become agitated, aggravated and irritated. Something is wrong my brothers and sisters and we have to admit the love of God has grown cold. Do you see? Our understanding of ministry is warped. You see? We can't see that a child can give him or herself completely, fully focused on being a worker for the Lord. And I'm challenging you today as a son of the Assemblies of God. Let us have that adaptation that we are going to tell our young people, encourage our young people, support our young people. Like you said, you watch the rugby. I'm not a rugby fan, but I know there's people at the back. What do they call that support in the scrum? Yeah. They can't run as fast as the winger. They can't be as swift as the center. Am I right? But when it comes to support, they are there. Hallelujah. Amen. So you're not insignificant. But we have to work with all ages and bring the youthful people through the system. Another sickness is pride. Another sickness that prevents us from producing is People are living in sin. Say another amen. So you kind of can't really be the witness that you want to be because your sin is affecting you. There was a brother in our church, he was a smoker. He smoked so much that people started complaining at his work. So for him to speak about Jesus was very complicated because people won't take him serious. Are you talking about Christ? Look how you're smoking. Look how you're drinking. Look how you're fornicating. Sin is one of the greatest hindrances to becoming fruitful. May the Lord deliver you from sin and that's why the church is here. Amen. Because the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and wash you from all your stain. One of the main reasons why people are not active in the work of God their sin prohibits them from doing that. <coughs> Say amen. amen. In Cape Town we have a word called Aina. It's, it's similar to amen. But just if it hurts a little, you can use the Aina instead of the amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> May we have the virtue, the temperance, and the brotherly kindness so that we will not be barren, but we will be fruitful. I always ask, tell my people this, look around you in Sydney. Then you ask yourself, who is here in this church that has been brought here by me? That's the level of your fruitfulness. So, say amen if you don't want to say amen. I asked, I told my wife one day, God is going to use me to preach a nice message. Where people can clap for me and sing for me. <laughs> but every time when I get to the pulpit, the Holy Spirit is always using me to kind of, you know, press a thorn somewhere. Receive it in love in Jesus' name. Amen. I repeat that one again. Always look around and say, who has been influenced, invited, or led to the Lord by me? 
That's part of this church now. That's a level of your fruitfulness. Winning souls for the Lord. Get your minds focused on winning souls for the Lord. What shall it profit a man? You gain the whole world, but you suffer the loss of your own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The soul of a man is more important than his business, than his money, because all those things will remain behind if we have another world in view. Hallelujah. Are you enjoying my preaching like I'm enjoying my own preaching? May we be heavenly minded. Some idiot many years ago came and said, we are too heavenly minded and earthly no good. And I think that made a big change and we became too earthly minded and we forgot about eternity. Eternity which was all. And every soul that passes you by is either going to hell or to heaven. What will, you, what will your role be? Amen. Can I give you two or three more that I'm going to sit down? Amen. If I say that in my church, my old church says, Preach, pastor! <laughs> Take your time, pastor! You must do that one day, then Pastor Michael will get the shock of his life. Amen. My love for the ministry grew up from sitting in Epping Assemblies of God and listening to visiting speakers like Colin Lafoy, um, the pastor from East London, Harold Prince, the three brothers from Cape Town, the Valentines. That's where my love for ministry came from. I desired to be a minister by sitting and listening to preachers. I never had the desire to walk out or to, 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 to see when is this minister going to finish his message. I always wish that he would go on and on and on and on. Maybe the Lord has rewarded me with such a church where people sit for hours and receive the word of the Lord. Because there's nothing greater than the word of God. And when you become a God lover, you love the things of God. Hey! It's like when you visit your girlfriend. Brother, you can sit for hours, isn't it right? Because you're in love. I'm in love. The parents have to tell you, hey, it's time to go. Because you're in love. May you fall in love with Jesus again here in Sydney. And may you have a passion and a heart for the work of the ministry. Amen. What makes us barren? What makes us not produce? Number two. We must overcome the cares of this world in order to bear fruit. Mark chapter 4 verse 19, Jesus spoke about, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. You have it there, my dear? Beautiful. What prevents us from bearing fruit? The cares of this world. And when the word is choked, it means that its effect is blocked or obstructed. And Christians can become so occupied with other things that they no longer have time for the things of God. Is that true? And we're not talking about...
about sin. The f my first point was about sin, laziness. I'm now talking about normal things, the cares of this world. Yes, the demands of your job, the pressure of your academic work, the challenge of rearing children can all make you unfruitful. The blessing of marriage, hey, it also chokes the world. Pregnancy. People are pregnant as if it's a disease. There was a brother who preached at my wedding and he said, May the Lord not diminish his ministry due to the fact that he's getting married. And by God's grace, the Lord has not diminished it. My wife is a great support for me in the ministry. But the same brother who preached it, the thing he spoke, I saw that it worked against him. He was a up-and-coming young pastor in the church. Really high hopes. But the marriage choked the ministry. Yeah. The cares have choked the ministry. Looking after children. I felt sorry for my wife when I was, when we just had our first child. Our children were unfortunately very wild, rough, under the chairs in the church, on top of the chairs, running up the balcony. She had to take care of them. I'm busy working for the Lord in front. So I encourage my people today. Bring those babies to church. Put that baby grow on and let them slide and shine our floors under Amen. the chairs. And don't use pregnancy and birth as a reason why you can't be fruitful in the house of God. Don't use marriage. Marriage is a blessing, it's not a curse. Children is a blessing from the Lord, they can't be a curse. How can children keep you out of the house of God? How can your job, your nice job that God blessed you with to earn money, how can it keep you from being fruitful? Don't let the cares of the world choke the world. Don't say, Pastor, we have to study. These are all excuses. Yes. It is a clear record and you can look at it. I tell my children, those who attend the works of God, the church, they do better than those who have the excuse. I have to stay at home to study, Pastor. Bring your report and I'll bring the report of those who work for God. You see the difference? You see, because the blessing of God is added to whatever you do. If you work for God, God will take care of you. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Today, sadly, in the churches we know, we get people that were very on fire for God. Now as they've grown older, the case of the world has choked it. So they want, oh my children, our children are now students here, studies here, go to Australia, go to Canada, go to New Zealand. But those children, not many of them serve God anymore. But you're boasting them. My child is in this country again. Not serving God, your child is going to hell. But for you, it's more important. Your child is some great doctor or some uh, drama person or something, something. Let the Lord change our mindsets today. 
and may we see what is important for God and how important is fruitfulness in the kingdom of God if these things are in you brotherly kindness love perseverance hard work you shall not be unfruitful but you shall you shall be fruitful in Jesus name Amen I give you one more then I close you're supposed to say preach oh they have this they've got this unsatisfactory yawn when I say I'm finishing they say oh oh don't finish now pastor my sermon is for what about the Lord's work amen you must overcome your barrenness by overcoming the lust and the places of this life to bear fruit. The lust for many things is a killer and a choker of the word of God. Because you want to be important, you take selfies of yourself all the time, put it on Facebook most of the time, you forsake the call of God in your life. You desire to live in certain countries. You reject the opportunity to be fruitful in the house of the Lord. So a strong desire for things in this life, the Bible calls that lust. The definition of lust is a strong desire. It's not only towards women. That's only one part of lust. You can lust worldly things. It kills the idea of working for God. Yes. Number four, overcome barrenness and unfruitfulness by overcoming the deceitfulness of riches in order to bear fruit. These scriptures were all in Second Peter that I that I read to you. Second Peter 1:5. The deceitfulness of riches. When you get blessed, does it mean you must stop working for the church? Stop working for God? Rather, you must overcome this joker and keep working for the Lord. Amen. We work with the poorest of the poor where we come from. Nothing like here. Yeah, I don't see any impoverished people. You all look so rich and wealthy. Where we come from, we work with the poorest of the poor. And one of the reasons I think churches don't really want to, or don't make an effort to attract young people. Must I tell you some truths? Young people don't have much to give in this, in that, in the, in monetary sense. Because yeah. they're students. Yeah. They don't have much to give. But what they do, they bring energy to the church. Uh-huh. They bring a lot of noise to the church. Yeah. Unless you really want to have a silent church. But this is not the Roman Catholic church. This is the Assemblies of God church. There must be some noise here, isn't it? Isn't this in a maternity ward type of church? Hallelujah! Young people bring energy, joy. Brother, I had to adapt now for the young people. I even had to change my drip, as they call it. Do you know what is drip? <laughs> See, some people are laughing. They know what I'm talking about. So Sunday night, I wear white shoes. I, I hated white shoes, but for the sake of winning them and identifying with them, 
When in Rome, I just become like a Roman. I tell you. Then my wife bought me a skinny jean, brother. I hate it because it sits here, right? So when you bend down, you get up, it's still stuck here. Every time I must pull it down. But when I come to church, the kids say, Pastor, you are dripping, Pastor, you are dripping. And I let them sing, let them dance, they must do everything. They must be at the door, they must be ushers. There's nothing like you, yeah. John was 17. An apostle. One of the reasons why you, you, young Christian people feel not qualified is because of this desire, sexual desire. Now the Bible says when we grow old, the desire fails. You see, then old people, older people, sorry for that uh, wrong word, older people mustn't judge the young people in, in that sense. Because it's because of the desire. But if we can steer that desire away from fornication, sexual lust into the ministry. Wow, we got a winner. We got a winner. We got people who are full of fire for God. And then mama, don't forget you were also young. You also jumped over the fence when your boyfriend came to fetch you <laughs> with the car. It's now that your desires have failed. You want to start to be holy. Don't do that. Encourage youthfulness. The deceitfulness of riches. Distractions. Got so much, I'm going to give you just one more. Immaturity. Tendency to be unstable. The last one. Inactivity. Inactivity. Why aren't we not bearing fruit? We become inactive. Pardon my crudeness, but in school the children learn of reproduction, okay? Sometimes in the church I think we want to be too holy. We can't even mention certain words. But we just leave the door, you see it's common language. I read somewhere that a doctor wrote some, some uh, people who want, who want to receive, who want to have children, they don't, they can't bear. Now sometimes it has to do with womb problems, I'm talking about reproduction and fruit. Mm. But some of the basic uh, factors they discovered wasn't just problems of the womb or problem of the disease, it was simply because the wife and the husband was inactive. You know? Like say, if you want to have babies, you must have sex. I, I'm sure you won't be offended that I tell you. I mean, that's common sense, isn't it? And then when the wife says, once a month, your inactivity is probably the reason why you're not getting pregnant. Why there's no fruit in your life. It's got nothing to do with womb problems, this problem. You are inactive. If you want to produce, you must be busy with things that produces fruit. Okay, let me take you away from that example. Let me bring you back to the church. What produces, what is produces fruit in the church? Activity. What activity, pastor? Preaching, teaching, witnessing, and helping in the house of God. 
I'm closing his mind. I'm, I'm coming. I'm landing the plane as we say in Cape Town. <laughs> so my question to you again is, what are you doing in the house of the Lord? Are you active or inactive? Your inactivity prevents you from bearing fruit. You don't have to be a great preacher like Pastor Michael. You don't have to be a great teacher or singer. But you must do something for God to help make this church a powerful church. It's already a powerful church. It can be more powerful. But just coming here and sitting down and warming the pew will not help. Start to become active. And soon you will hear, hey, there's a baby in my womb. I'm going to produce after my own kind. Hallelujah. One person bring forth another person. This is the law of Genesis. The seed shall be after its own kind. Who have you affected influence? Lord to the house of God. Whose life has been changed. You are not saved to just be a church attender. You are saved to be a worker for the Lord. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You have been called and you have been chosen. And I trust that my encouragement this morning will quicken you to say, Pastor, what is it that I can do? And you start with the menial small things. You are packing chairs. Are you still okay, brother? Keep playing. <laughs> we have like dance groups, you know? You do spiritual dancing here or something? You don't do that? But such nice young people you must do. So what we doing? We've changed it now to this up-tempo stuff. Yeah, you see. At first I was very assembly man. I thought this stuff, I don't like this stuff. But later I realized, look, times have changed now. Jesus didn't Jesus didn't do church like we do today. He didn't stand with a mic. They didn't have a praise and worship singer of 62 years old leading. They never had keyboards. Listen, church was very different then. Right? The Bible says they sang a hymn. They sang a hymn, so there was some singing. There was orthodox preaching. Jesus stood up and read. Church was different. So today, they won't recognize the way we do church. But we think this is the way. Isn't it? No, there are many ways to serve God. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Is your heart right with God? So I had to learn, Pastor Michael, let go of my preconceived ways of, of thinking and, 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 and open the doors for the youth to come and make them understand we're not going to wait till you're 60, 70 or 80. Ready at 20, he said to Moses, let all of them who go to war, take them from the ages of, they must be ready at 20. They will be ready for the war. So all you young people, I see there are many young people in this church. You are going to start to be workers for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Your minds, you, you, your sport won't be the main thing in your life. Yes, you do sports. I encourage sports. I encourage many things. Your studies is important. I have a master's degree from UCT. Amen. I didn't buy mine through the paper. No. 
I believe in education. I believe in activity. But, no, 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 no. Our primary call is this work. This is God's work. This is the house of the Lord. This is the house of the Lord that I must give my energy to, my life to. I must be willing to die for the house of God and for the things of God. Because unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains barren. But when it dies, hallelujah, it brings forth much fruit. What does it mean to die? Your passions, your dreams, your visions. Set it aside. Christ first. Seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness. Then the other things you were looking for. It shall be added. I gave up my teaching profession. I went into the ministry. I thought I would just be poor. Somebody said, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. You, you won't drive the nice Mercedes. It was actually my cousin. He wrote me a letter from Canada. He was a school principal. He wanted us, his family members, to be in that same home. So my friends went on to be school principals. I left to work for God. Huh. Brother, all they have is school principles. Stress and tablets. Yes, a Mercedes, a double story house, but that's nothing. The Lord has given me much more. I've got hundreds and hundreds, even it's now into the thousands of children that has been birthed in the ministry to the sacrifice that I made. I've traveled, the, I've traveled the world, I've been to Asia, to America, to Europe, I've been all over. And I don't just land at the airport, I land and people wait for me. With excitement. Now if I was a school principal, nobody would have known me in France, in Asia, in Singapore. Yeah. A sign is kept up. Pastor Chris Ross, we're waiting for you. Some places we don't even go through the terminals. A car picks us up from where the plane lands. To the, I'm just telling you, I didn't seek for these things. I said, Lord, I'm going to work for you. And God has added these things to me. My son studied in the U.S. a four years of science master's in, in, in nature conservation. It cost, it, the cost of that study should have been close to 1.5 to 2 million. Free of charge. God opened the door for him to come to return I didn't pay a cent for his, his work. If you work for God, listen, God is going to take care of you. If you work for the Lord, you will not lack anything. He who gives up will have in this lifetime 100 houses, cars, lands, family. Are you willing to pay a price? Are you willing to say, Lord, here am I. I'm tired of barrenness. I want to start to bear fruit. And you see the Lord is going to use you in a wonderful way. Bow your heads in prayer, please. Bow your heads in prayer. And I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well. He explained the message very well. So I think I'm going to ask him to share every day. You know, the Archbishop brought the prophet and I'm also bringing you. <laughs> 
So you, you, you explain the, the word very nicely to all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages of Pastor Chris, tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast. Remember, faith cometh by hearing.